Welcome to the Modern Math Teacher Podcast, the podcast that will help you use today's best teaching strategies to ignite and excite your students in math class and maybe even make it the best part of their day. Hey, I'm Kristen Moore, a longtime believer that math is so much more than just solving fracks. I went from teaching straight from a textbook to implementing project-based learning and boosting student engagement in my class each and every day along the way. I'm here to give you the PD you need to successfully do the same with your students. Are you up for it? Let's do this. Well, hey there, Modern Math Teachers. Welcome to today's episode of the Modern Math Teacher Podcast, where we're about to dig in and unpack the very things that ground our teaching. That's right, we're getting down and dirty with the math standards. Now, navigating the math standards is not an easy task. With over 100 math standards at the high school level alone, you've got to not only read and understand what they're asking, but you also need to understand the domain of rigor that each standard attends to. From increasing procedural skills to building conceptual understanding and applying content to problem-solving situations, each standard exhibits one or more of these qualities. And there's no one right way to teach all of them. However, we know that when you align your instruction with the intent of the standards, you've found that sweet spot in your lesson plan. You know, It wasn't until I learned how to unpack these standards that I realized their actual importance in lesson design. It wasn't so that I could just have my students blindly copy down some I can statements. It was so that I could design more effective and engaging lessons. So with that in mind, listeners, today I can break down a math standard so that I can select the appropriate instructional approach. I know I'll be successful when I've deconstructed one standard and designed and implemented an effective lesson plan. All right, let's get to it. We're going to start with one of the more popular topics, one that sparks the most debates on social media, and that is starting with the procedural standards, procedural skill and fluency. That's the ability to apply procedures accurately, efficiently, and flexibly. This requires speed and accuracy in calculation while giving students opportunities to practice those basic skills. Students' ability to solve more complex application tasks is dependent on their procedural skill and fluency, so it's really important that we make sure our students have enough practice. Students must be able to compute fluently, and in middle school, this might be like 7EE1 with They have to apply properties of operations as strategies to add, subtract, factor, and expand linear expressions with rational coefficients. Or in algebra, it could be REI3, where we're solving linear equations and inequalities in one or more variable, including equations with coefficients represented by letters. And in geometry, this could look like GCO12, make formal geometric constructions with a variety of tools and methods. Each of these skill-based standards and the rest of the procedurally focused standards need to be practiced until students develop automaticity. After all, a strong foundation in procedural standards contributes to overall math proficiency. Students who are procedurally fluent are able to apply these skills and problem-solve more easily. They can engage in those higher-order thinking tasks with greater ease. We often think of worksheets, ditto, and tech-based practice problem sets like IXL and Delta Math to provide repetition and practice when we think about developing our students' procedural fluency. And we think fluency or time tests, traditional quizzes, and standardized assessments when we think about assessing these skills. Now, you can build strong procedural skills from deeper conceptual understanding. So that's where we're headed next. 
When students understand math concepts and their connections, they are able to reason and extend their ideas to new realms of mathematics and new applications beyond those specifically taught in your course. The conceptual standards foster a deeper understanding of math concepts. And conceptual understanding, for those who aren't sure, this refers to an understanding of math concepts, operations, and relations. It's more than knowing these isolated facts or methods. Students should be able to make sense of why a mathematical idea is important and the kind of context in which it might be useful. Conceptual understanding allows students to connect their prior knowledge to new ideas and concepts. Now, some examples of conceptually-based standards include RPA1, understanding the concept of ratio and proportion for my middle schoolers out there. FIF1, understanding what a function is and what it means, the domain, the range, the one-to-one relationship. Or maybe GCO8, explain triangle congruence from rigid motion. Conceptual understanding standards all build foundational knowledge and extend it further, right? Ratios and proportions are built from fractional understanding. Functions are built from relational understanding. And congruence is built from transformations. Incorporating your conceptual understanding enhances students' problem-solving abilities. So you may incorporate teaching for conceptual understanding when you find or create lessons that follow the EFFL model, that explore first and formalize later. This idea has been made recently popular, uh, again, by Peter Lilydahl's work with Building Thinking Classrooms, but it is by no means a new practice nor exclusive to his work. Explorations can be digital, or physical, and some of my favorite ex- explorations come from Mathematic, Desmos, and GeoGebra. Newer textbooks often implore this model as well, so you are sure to find great exploration tasks for these standards no matter where you look. Now, it probably comes as no surprise to anyone that the applicable standards are my favorite due to their focus on real-world applications of math concepts. Application provides a valuable context for learning and the opportunity to solve problems in a relevant and meaningful way. Can I get an amen? Real and relevant. It's through these real-world applications that students learn to select an efficient method to find a solution, determine whether that solution or the solutions make sense by reasoning, and developing those critical thinking skills that are all important. Now, these standards often explicitly say to solve real-world problems, but what kind of problems might these be? Figuring out paint ratios, creating budgets, analyzing projectile motion, and so much more can be modeled and solved by applying math concepts and skills. Caution, though. When teaching with real-world problem-solving in mind, please follow best practices and teach the math in a way that connects to students' everyday experiences. There is nothing real to many of our students about cliff jumping or skydiving. Create problems that are real, relevant, and rigorous. And if you want to know more about how to do that, then check out episode four, The Power of Connection, Making Learning Real, Relevant, and Rigorous for Student Engagement. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes here. Now, application standards aren't to be confused with modeling standards, although they typically fall under that umbrella. From the Common Core, modeling links classroom mathematics and statistics to everyday life, work, and decision-making. 
Modeling is the process of choosing and using appropriate mathematics and statistics to analyze empirical questions or situations to understand them better and to improve decisions. Quantities and their relationships in physical, economic, public policy, social, and everyday situations can be modeled using mathematical and statistical methods. When making mathematical models, technology is valuable for varying assumptions, exploring consequences, and comparing predictions with data. Now, since modeling is one of those eight standards for mathematical practice, you'll find modeling standards in nearly every domain and at every level of math. This doesn't even begin to touch on the WAP standards, also known as the widely applicable prerequisites, aka the top skills and concepts students need to master for success in a variety of colleges and careers. You guys, that is five different ways to look at the standards. Are they procedural? Are they conceptual? Are they applicable? Are they a modeling standard? And are they a widely applicable prerequisite? Now, once we have identified our learning standard and gotten past that level, it is time to really unpack them. We want to go through a step-by-step approach to breaking down complex standards into manageable components. So get your notes handy or your notes app out if you are somebody who wants to learn how to deep dive into these. First up, you want to identify the primary domain of the standard and note whether or not it is a modeling standard. And that's going through that process we just talked about. Then you want to break down those underpinning learning targets into these categories. Knowledge. This is what a student must know to succeed at meeting the standard. Reasoning. What a student must be able to understand and explain to succeed at meeting a standard. Skills. The procedural skills or abilities a student must perform to meet that standard. And products what a student must make or show to meet a standard. Now, you'll notice we don't have a lot of product standards in math, but that is a target you also want to identify, as it does come up sometimes, particularly in geometry and statistics. All right, once we have broken down our standard into its learning targets, you can begin to consider how important each target is by looking at a three-tier or like a three-concentric circle approach and asking yourself these questions. What is essential to the enduring understanding and success of this standard? That's going to be the most critical information that you have to make sure your students know, understand, can do everything. That is the essential info. Then what is important to know and do? Okay, so what's that knowledge and what are those skills that are associated with those enduring understandings? And finally, what is worth just being familiar with? These are sometimes, you know, nice to know subjects, nice to know applications, little nuances that don't necessarily connect to the next math level or to another math topic, but could be interesting to know. So some quick tips on identifying these essential skills and the knowledge embedded within these standards includes looking for anything that says solve and identifying the different procedural skills students must have already mastered. Then looking for anything that says explain and identifying prerequisite knowledge students must have in order to be able to do so. And looking for anything that says real life and identifying what you are looking for your students to show or produce to demonstrate that understanding. Each of those is going to help you identify the knowledge, reasoning, skills, or products that your students 
need to demonstrate in order to successfully meet the criteria of that standard. Now, I know that that is so much to think about. So if you want to fast track your knowledge of the standards and how to unpack them, you can grab the Common Core State Standards Standard breakdown from my TPT store. There's one for algebra, or sorry, one for middle school, one for high school, or you can get a combo and just know all the standards, everything about them. I'm going to make sure to link that here in the show notes. Inside the standard breakdown, I've already done most of the heavy lifting for you, identifying the domain of focus and noting modeling and widely applicable prerequisite standards. So make sure to check that out in the show notes before you begin unpacking your standards. Whew, all right, you guys. So It's not enough to just know the standards. We want to align instructional goals to match them, okay? Now that we know these standards, we are going to align our instruction with specific standards to enhance our student learning outcomes. It is all about the students after all. So let's take a look at those three types of standards again. First up, procedurally focused skills need instructional approaches that provide repetition and safe practice. We want the students to feel allowed to make mistakes, okay? So when lesson designing, consider thin slicing problem sets that let them get quick wins and further extend their knowledge. Using problem strings along that same idea and using technology to practice with these skills. Something like IXL or Delta Math or, you know, Khan Academy, anything where they can continually practice that skill over and over again and get that immediate feedback. And I want to make sure that you are providing the students with the appropriate tools to do all this. Whiteboards and dry erase markers empower students to solve without fear of failure. Erasability and non-permanence provide students a safe problem-solving space. So when going through and creating that lesson plan, keep those ideas in mind if you have a procedurally focused skill that you are teaching. Now, when it comes to designing for conceptual development, You want to allow students to experience the mathematics. You want them to think about and record their noticings, their wonderings. You want them discussing the ideas with their peers as they explore and connect concepts. You could consider adding in a concept web so students can see how the concepts relate and build on one another. This can be a really powerful tool that you can continue using all throughout the year so you can teach your students to see that connected thread that works all the way through the math that they're learning this year. All right, then let's talk about teaching with application-focused standards. When we're doing that, we want to provide students with relevant topics to problem solve with. I got to say it again. You've got to have relevant topics for your students to problem solve problem solve with. You want to plan with the intention of connecting the students and the standards so they're applying their math skills in a way that actually makes sense to them and is relevant to their lives. Students are so much more likely to apply, you know, 3D formulas if you're utilizing tangible goods they're familiar with, like the box of cereal or a popular toy or cell phone and technology packaging for the latest tech drop. These are the kinds of things that your students are going to connect with and relate with, and so they'll better understand how to apply those math skills to solve those problems. All right, you guys, 15 minutes in, did you ever think that there was so much to know about the math standards? Well, honestly, neither did I. Not until I landed a job analyzing curriculum to see how well they met the intent of each standard. 
And now matching the intent of the standard with instructional design is one of my favorite aspects of teaching. It's how I know I can balance all the different instructional approaches I love, combining modern student-centered classrooms, thinking classroom practices, and project-based learning into one effective and impactful classroom. And you can do it too. By investing a little bit more time into understanding the standard you're teaching, you're creating a more effective lesson design, ultimately leading your students to better success with the standard and paying off for you over time as you find you no longer need to reteach basic concepts over and over again. Guys, today was just the beginning of our instructional design journey. With the standards unpacked, we can dive deeper into the best teaching strategies to keep your teaching practice sharp. Join me next week when we deep dive into figuring out what to do to teach each type of practice standards. All right, guys, you've got some homework for next time to make sure you're ready to get the most out of next week's episode. Make sure that you download the Common Core State Standard Complete Standard Breakdown. Even if you don't use the exact Common Core State Standards, this breakdown is going to help you jumpstart your journey in unpacking the standards and getting ready for next week where we're going to be figuring out how to teach each type of standard. Go ahead and download your standard guide directly from the show notes here. That's it for me. Until next time, keep it real. Thanks for tuning in to find out today's tips and tricks. Continue the conversation and join the movement to boost student engagement and make math more meaningful inside the Modern Math Teachers Movement on Facebook. Till next time, keep it real. Keep it real.